You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Good morning, sleepyheads. We are live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the east. I'm Michael Jenkins live in D.C. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville. Coming up on this morning's edition, a champion is crowned in college football. What we saw last night in Houston between Washington and Michigan with the Wolverines taking home the title. We are going to start talking about super wild card weekend. I don't want to hear wildcard weekend on this show it's an insult to me it's an insult to roger goodell it's super wildcard weekend we'll just start discussing those games at 6 20 followed by nfl futures at 6 40 during the seven o'clock hour chelsea takes over to talk more nfl along with today's schedule in the nba and she'll put together her weekly football teaser as well finally at eight o'clock we bring in becky l's pj glasser for his take on the nfl playoffs before the dunkster drops by and his perv brain at 8.45. He needs soap in his mouth. Chelsea, how are you on this Tuesday? Good morning. Do you feel a little sad that college football's over? I felt like we were kind of... Yes. I don't want to say cheated, but last night's mm-hmm. game was not all we built it up to be. Like, I was ready. Like, you had said, what are you doing special for the game? And I was like, I'm not doing anything special. I don't ever do anything special. <sighs> but last night, I was like, you know what? I'm going to crack open a beer one beer. whoa and you know what i drank half of it didn't even finish <laughs> it but for a monday night that's a big deal for me i don't drink that True. much so i was like you know what i've got the sam adams seasonal pack i'm gonna drink one beer for the occasion and what did we get a game that was not a game it was very yeah. boring washington was out of this game the entire night even though the scoreboard didn't really show it this didn't yeah. look like a game for most of the night. Well, Michigan is just the better team. And I was kind of talking about this yesterday. And there's no shame. Washington had a a fantastic season. But Michigan, just from top to bottom, I think you put it perfectly, which is even when the score was close, you could tell that from the outset, Michigan was going to dominate because they were the more aggressive and more physical team from the start. And when you saw Michael Pinnock start to struggle a little bit, you thought, ooh, This is not the game that Washington needs to have in this moment. So, yeah, it wasn't the slugfest we thought it would be, unless you're on Michigan 
and you expected Michigan to outslug Washington, which they did. Well, I will say this was not the Washington team that we saw all season. Um, right. I don't know why my face is not moving on the video, but it's good picture. My uh, <laughs> it is jarring to see my face not moving. Uh, anyways, here on the radio, we will continue mm -hmm. because this is not the Washington team that we saw all season. Michael Penix Jr. looked rattled, and I think some of that was mm -hmm. due to the pressure that Michigan brought. But even when we when he did have time to throw, and even when he did have wide open throws, he missed him. And the thing is, yeah. when you are that behind the eight ball, you aren't going to get many of those opportunities. So it felt like a lot of missed opportunities for Washington. Meanwhile, Michigan just chugged along like a steam locomotive uh, over this team, especially when it came to the run game. And I think we kind of knew that. Like, that's what Michigan's done yeah. all season long. Remember the Ohio State game where they didn't throw a single pass in the second half? I thought we were going to see some of that. And honestly, it wouldn't have been a ga bad game plan because Washington could not stop the run. So now it's over. Michigan's been crowned national champions, and they deserve it. They, like you said, looked like the best team in college football last night. Well, we will talk about that in just moments. Before we do so, tell me about your best bet last night because Chelsea, once again, you just keep hitting the mid-major games in college basketball, and you just keep winning. This is right in your wheelhouse. All right, I'm going to do this quickly because I think I'm frozen. So after that, I'm going to refresh. I uh, had okay. Southern in the big game that everybody cared about, of course. Southern versus Prairie View A&M, the big matchup in college hoops. But I will say this was very much an easy winner. I believe they won by 20. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, 79-58. This was a no-sweat winner. So I welcome you. I welcome one and all <laughs> to bet on college basketball now that college football is officially over. Come on in. The water's fine. Well, it was a 2-0 night for this guy. After all the talk I did about how Michigan was going to win, Michigan was going to win, I thought, dude, you can't talk this much about this game and not bet it. So I had Michigan laying 4.5. That went off at 5.5 come game time. So some late money coming in on the Wolverines. Michigan, a winner. That was a dub. Also had Canucks team total over two and a hook. Minus 148 against the Rangers, and the Canucks win easily 6-3. That was a dub. couple of L's for the Donkster, though. He had the Wild on the money line. I did not like that pick. Plus 120 hosting the Stars. Dallas wins 4-0. And the Donkster also going to the mid-major game. Had Morgan State plus four hosting Delaware State, but Delaware State wins easily 78-66. So it is early in the week. You are 1-0. I am 2-0, and the Dogster is 0-2. It is a daily tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us on a Tuesday morning. Let's get to it. In Houston last night, number one Michigan beats number two Washington 34-13. Michigan laying five and a half points. Michigan minus 220 on the money line at BetMGM. Total set at 56, the under hits. Blake Corum, 134 yards, two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And Donovan Edwards going off as well. Carries only six times, but racks up 104 yards. Down to the first possession, back in the game, and he's loose again. Edwards off and running. Welcome back, Donovan Edwards. 46 yards. 
Chris Fowler with the call on ESPN. And despite all of the controversy they faced this year, the Wolverines finished their perfect season by going 15-0. and 0. And it's a polarizing figure. There are people out there that believe that whatever Michigan does is tainted. It's up to you to decide. But hail, hail, Michigan. They are the champions of college football 2023. Yes, they are. The school's first national title since 1997. And we were talking about it at the top of the show defensively. Michigan holds Michael Penix Jr. to only 255 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. And really, that was the key in this game. We were debating before yesterday's matchup, what's going to win out here? Because Michael Penix Jr. was unbelievable most of the season. No question about it. Was banged up at the end of the year. Had reports of a rib injury, so he was healthy for this one. Looked unbelievable against Texas. But the difference in this game is, A, Penix did waste a couple of opportunities, but B, Michigan made Penix uncomfortable enough where he made some uncharacteristic throws, throws you don't normally see. And you can say whatever you want about that Washington offensive line, which no question is incredible. But just because you have a great offensive line does not mean you're immune to any sort of pressure whatsoever. And if there's any team in the country that can get pressure on you, it's that Michigan defense, which by many metrics was and is the number one defense in the country, Chelsea. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is that Penix was thrown off just enough where he didn't look all world in this game. They definitely brought pressure, and it's definitely a good call. I think we both knew that that was something that you had to look at the game film from the Texas game and say, okay, we got to get some kind of hand in his face because we can't just let him sit back there and slice and dice us up. But again, I feel like some of it was execution because Mm -hmm. Washington had some chances, and they just didn't make the catches. It wasn't just Michael Penix Jr. And maybe you said some of this. I was restarting my computer, so I don't know what you said. Um, but receivers missed some passes. So it just felt like a letdown because we didn't get Washington's best game and we certainly got Michigan. So I think that Michigan probably would have won regardless. It just, it was upsetting to see what a great season we saw from Michael Penix Jr. And it all crumble in the final game of the season. What do you think the takeaways for uh, Michael Penix Jr. is moving forward? Do you think this game hurt his draft stock? No, not at all. He's still a great quarterback, but again, not many teams can pressure you like Michigan can. Like Michigan can. Michigan is the number one defense in the country. So if you look back at how Michigan pressured Alabama, this was coming. So I don't care who you are. It doesn't matter if you're a college quarterback. It doesn't matter if you're a pro quarterback. If you are pressured and thrown off your game, then even even feeling pressure, even if you're not sacked, even if someone is not in your face, but if you're being pressured all game long, it throws off your rhythm. And I think Michael Penix Jr. is a classic rhythm quarterback. When he gets in a rhythm with those receivers, when he gets in a rhythm with that offense, and he's not feeling any heat, oh, he'll crush you. But any quarterback that is under pressure like that is going to make a mistake or two. And sometimes in a game like this, That's the difference in the game. And also, I will say that Michigan secondary is very, very talented. And a lot of defenses don't really make that connection between 
their front four or their defensive front and the secondary. Maybe there's a miscommunication. Maybe you're strong up front, but not in the secondary or vice versa. Michigan has the whole package. And I'll go back to it. When you talk about Michael Penix, he's exciting. That Washington offense is exciting. And it's easy to get lulled in by that and say, how can anyone beat these guys? They're so exciting. Michigan doesn't really play an exciting brand of football. Again, they just hit you in the mouth. They play incredible defense. They can run all over you. They're one of those few teams that say, we're going to run on you. Now stop us. And that's another issue that Washington had is they couldn't stop the run either. Yeah, I think that was the main thing in the first half. Yeah. Because when you're playing from behind, also it felt like a level of urgency and almost franticness, Mm -hmm. if that's a word, for Washington, where it just felt like they were on life support all night long. So when you're playing with that amount of pressure in the biggest game of the year, I'm sure that's not easy either. But I think what kind of characterized the night for me, for Michael Penix Jr., was coming out of the half. And you're like, okay, Washington should not be in this game, but yet they're only down Mm -hmm. a touchdown. Let's see what Washington can do. What does Michael Penix do? Do uh, throw a terrible interception, a floating pass to the sidelines that I don't know what the intention was, but that was not a good pass. And yes, the secondary is good, but like that was, you know, a very interceptable pass. So uh, mm-hmm. Washington certainly has a lot to think about over the offseason. And then meanwhile, Michigan, we'll see if they lose their head coach because isn't that yeah. kind of the next step in the news cycle for Michigan is if Jim Harbaugh is going to stick around in Michigan? Well, I was going to say he's got two choices to make. Number one is. Is he going to leave for the NFL? He was asked about this after the game, and he said, can I just enjoy this? Which wasn't a no, by the way. It was, can I just enjoy this and enjoy this moment? So he didn't answer any questions about his future. That's something we absolutely have to keep an eye on because he will be coveted by numerous NFL teams because we have a ton of openings across the league. And we also have to decide, or at least Jim Harbaugh has to decide if he wants to get a tattoo or what tattoo he's going to get. Because he promised his players, if we go undefeated and win the Natty, I will get a tattoo on my body. And he says he's going to get the Block M Michigan somewhere. Because A, he promised his players. And then B, M is a Roman numeral for 1,000. And Michigan is the first ever school in college football to get 1,000 wins in school history. So he's got a lot of things on his plate, Chelsea. This surprisingly doesn't even feel like the weirdest thing he's done for his players. Remember that stretch (laughs) where he was doing all these weird things. He was like climbing up in trees. He was talking about not eating chicken because it's a nervous bird. So him getting a tattoo actually seems like the most normal thing and the most normal celebration. Like this feels like a football guy move, doesn't it? Oh, for sure. And speaking of football guy. I mean, the Harbaugh family is a football family. Did you see Mm -hmm. the cutaway on the sideline where Jim Harbaugh is standing there and he's focused on the game and someone taps him on the shoulder? And it's John Harbaugh. And so his brother's there. And then after the game, his dad's there. He's picking up his mom. I'm like, careful with mom. But the Harbaugh family is very much a football family. And one thing, I'm sure you know this, that the Harbaugh's have always said – and the Harbaugh's themselves, they're themselves, Jim and John have always told the story that when they were younger, their dad would look at them and say, who has it better than us? And everyone would yell, nobody. And so what did Jim Harbaugh say after the game? Which team has it better than us? Nobody. Sort of tying a bow 
on that story. But it will be fascinating to see what he's going to do. I think he might stay, but then again, he wouldn't answer the question. Maybe he does leave. We'll see. We'll see how much money he's offered. I'm sure it will be a lot. Yeah, he's a Michigan man. He also talked about that last night. He said, if they ever bury me, the one thing I want them to say when they're throwing dirt on my grave is he was a Michigan man. Well, you are coach and you brought your team. It's first national title since 1997. Coming up next year on the show, the Texans might be the trendiest team going into the NFL playoffs, but are they the right side when hosting the Browns? That and more on the Daily Tip from Beck UL. It is presented by Ben MGM, and we're coming back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Chelsea, we will talk about NFL Super Wildcard Weekend in just a moment. I am so put out with Aaron Rodgers right now. This cat has the audacity to come out yesterday and to talk about how for the Jets to get better next season, they need to flush all the BS. So if it doesn't have anything to do with winning and football, then it needs to be gone. So if that's the truth, why in the world are you going on Pat McAfee every week and talking about the drugs you've been trying in the offseason? Why are you throwing out potentially slanderous comments about Jimmy Kimmel? Why are you going out and talking about your smooth poops and your little darkness retreats? None of those things have anything to do with football. So of all the people to come out and say, if it's going to be in this building, if you're going to play here, You need to focus on football. We need to be talking about football and winning and losing. Dude, no one is talking less about football than you. And I understand that he's not playing right now or did not play for the majority of the season because of his Achilles injury. But give me a break. Like, this guy every week talks about nothing but what he's doing personally. He takes shots at other people. Oh, I've been trying this. This is who I'm dating. He's not even talking about football. So now he's telling everyone else what they need to focus on. I find this to be hypocrisy at its best. Yeah, isn't this what they say about great leaders? They don't lead by example, and they just tell the people underneath them, hey, I don't do this, but you should. Uh, It has to be frustrating for the guys on the Jets. And I'm wondering how the tables have turned within the the confines of the Jets team. Because think about it. When he got to the Jets, mm-hmm. 
everybody was rolling out the red carpet. Aaron Rodgers is here to save the day. We haven't had a great quarterback in quite some time. Now we're Super Bowl contenders. Then he goes down for the season. And, of course, it's not necessarily his fault uh, for getting hurt. It happens to the best of them in the NFL. But this entire season, how he has been an absolute sideshow, it's one thing. If you get hurt and all we see are videos and you working hard doing your rehab, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But Aaron Rodgers has taken on another identity of just being a sideshow for the Jets and being a sideshow, promoting his own personality and constantly poking his finger mm -hmm. in the middle of, you know, whoever is the topic of the day. Because I still feel like he went at Travis Kelsey because Travis yeah. Kelsey is the hot name in the NFL right now. So he saw the attention that Travis Kelsey was getting and said, hey, how can I insert myself into his fan base and into the headlines that he's getting? Well, you pick a fight with him. Uh, and, you know, he did that um, over the course of the season. So it just feels to yeah. me like the tides may be changing on the temperature of guys within the locker room about Aaron Rodgers. Now, I get it. If he's a good quarterback and he leads them to the Super Bowl, none of this matters. But right sure. now, like, it has to be frustrating. I just can't imagine, like, if Aaron Rodgers said to me, hey, man, you need to focus on football. You need to talk about winning, what you can do to get better. I'm like, how about you do that? How about you show me how to do that instead of telling me about what you're learning from Hiawaska? Instead of telling me what you think about Jimmy Kimmel being on Jeffrey Epstein's list. Like, I'm tired of him each and every week saying something that has nothing to do with football and then acting like he's got it all figured out. Dude, you, you played four snaps for the Jets this year. You did nothing for the Jets this year. You, the only reason you are a leader is because of what you've done in the past. You haven't done a damn thing for the New York Jets, except maybe be an inspiration in the locker room by healing earlier than normal and then taking a roster spot from someone who actually wanted to play and could play football. So if he wants to step up, focus on football, great. I'd love to see it, but he won't do it, Chelsea. Because, again, he gets paid millions of dollars to appear on Pat McAfee. And I've said this before. He's not going to appear on this show and not say something provocative. Otherwise, there's no reason to have him on. There's a reason why he's saying all these crazy things. He's getting paid to do it. If Aaron Rodgers came on every week and said, yeah, we're looking forward to this weekend's game. We've had some good workouts this week. I've really been... Really been studying up, really been watching a lot of film. My nose has been in the playbook. Why in the world would you pay someone a million dollars for that? You wouldn't. So he's got to come with something. And so I'm. when I saw this headline yesterday, I was going to throw my computer against the wall. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I just wonder because I don't know him personally. And let's consider the other side for just a second. Because Mm -hmm. it does feel like he goes out of his way to try to take the young quarterbacks under his wing. Because when Zach Wilson was really struggling, Mm -hmm. who was sticking up for him? It was Aaron Rodgers. So I feel like the guys in the locker room are probably frustrated with him. But have we seen any signs of it? And the bottom line is it doesn't matter how big of a diva you are and how annoying Mm -hmm. you are. If you are good at said sport, it feels like you can get away with a lot. That's true. Like, look at some of the players in the NBA and all the things that they put their teams through. Draymond Green's back on the court. Uh, but the reason they put up with his antics is because he's really good. So at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers still has several MVPs to his name. He is getting older, but mm-hmm. I'm just really anxious for him to be back on the football field and to see if he can back up any of this diva behavior because it's real easy, you know, when you're not even on the field to say, well, you know, this is the way you lead by doing, you know, focusing on the right things, even though he's not. But I'm real interested to see, you know, how he actually plays when he's back on the field. Well, we got a few more months of these nonsense headlines to come out before that happens. I'll tell you who's not going to make headlines for the wrong reasons. Joe Flacco, this guy wakes up every morning. He packs his lunch. Lunch pail guy. Blue collar guy. Uh, he probably just throws together a PBJ. Thermos full of milk and says, time for me to go play quarterback in Cleveland. That's what I do. Browns and Texans start NFL Super Wild Card Weekend on Saturday. It is a 4.30 start. Browns laying two and a half in H-Town. The Browns are minus 145 on the money line. The Texans are plus 120. The total set at 44. And I am on the Browns. Not only is it fascinating to me that Joe Flacco has taken over this team, not only is it fascinating to me that he's been very successful, what's amazing is that the Browns have transitioned into a pass-first team because they've had so many injuries at running back. So now they're going to let Joe Flacco sling it around, and that actually works right to their advantage because if there's one way you can attack the Texans, it is their secondary. I know the Texans are a great story. I understand they won the division. They're going to be playing at home. I feel like a lot of people are going to be on the Texans and the points or Texans on the money line. I'm going to lay two and a half with Cleveland. I don't think that – I do think the majority of people will be on the Browns. I feel yeah. like it's been a great storyline. I think a lot of people want to root for Joe Flacco, and I think a lot of people are kind of rooting for a rematch between Joe Flacco and his old team, the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to echo all the the talking points that you said. If you look at the matchup here, it's just a bad one. Joe Flacco yeah. may not be uh, have the potential and the high end that C.J. Stroud has, but he has a much easier matchup. You look at the Texans, they're giving up the eighth most 
uh, passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. All season long, if you have been playing opposing player props, you look at the quarterbacks and you look at the wide receivers against the secondary. Meanwhile, you look at the Browns and the same metric, they're giving up the second fewest passing yards to opposing quarterbacks just from a matchup perspective. So you look at this Browns defense, it's tough no matter who the quarterback is. But now that they have that that high-end potential with the passing game, and we've seen yeah. how much of a cheat code some of their receivers and the tight end, David Njoku, he was running wild, I feel like, in their last uh, game they played when all of the starters were playing. So I'll be on the Browns with you. Yeah, let's go, Brownies. I want to see Joe Flacco do some things. And how crazy is it? That it could be Deshaun Watson taking on his old team in H-Town. Instead, it is Joe Flacco. What about the night game on Saturday? Dolphins visiting the Chiefs. The Chiefs are laying three and a half points. Chiefs minus 185 on the money line at BetMGM. Dolphins are plus 150. Your total set at 44. That is up from 43 and a hook yesterday. So just inching up the total is. What is the play here, Chelsea? Yeah, this is a one-sentence handicap. The Dolphins, one in five against playoff teams with a minus 91 point differential. When they're playing the cream of the crop in the NFL, it's not good. And I know it can be hard to trust the Chiefs, and maybe that's why this one doesn't make the card for me, but it just feels like you can't find an angle to play the Dolphins here, especially a team that's limping into the postseason. They just lost against Buffalo. It's a team that has been nursing all kinds of injuries over the last few weeks. Just doesn't feel like a good spot for the Dolphins. So I'll be on the Chiefs, especially when you look at the weather. I think it's supposed to be bitterly cold in Kansas City. Oh, is it? You've got a warm weather team traveling to a cold weather environment. Usually that does not go in favor of the warm weather team. Yipes. No, I might maybe I'll play this down to three. Honestly, I just lay the three and a half. I don't trust the Dolphins at all. I find of all the teams. In the NFL playoffs, maybe the Dolphins, maybe the Eagles are the most untrustworthy. The Eagles because they've just fallen apart at the end of the season. And the Dolphins because, like you were saying, they're just so banged up. And that one win that they have over a team with a winning record came in Miami. So if you look at their splits and how they played on the road versus at home, I mean, it's not close. They're a completely different team when they're playing on the road against good teams. So now they have to go to the bitter cold, as you were talking about, in Kansas City. Yeah, I'm going to lay it with the Chiefs. I'm with you there. How about Sunday's early game? Oh, man, this is a game I can't wait to not watch. It is 1 o'clock. Steelers at the Bills. The Bills are laying 10 points. The Bills are minus 550 on the money line. The Steelers are plus 400. Total set at 35 and a half, Chelsea. We were talking about the total yesterday. The spread is up from Bills minus nine and a half. The total has come down four points. Yesterday, the total was at 39 and a hook. Now it's at 35 and a half. I don't know what's going on here. I would think, and I need to look this up, this has to do with weather on some level. Oh, yeah. Is this a Saturday or a Sunday game? Sunday. This is a Sunday game. So as I am in live time looking at the weather on Sunday, mm-hmm. high of 25, low of 20 with a high wind warning. 
So that probably has go. something to do with it. If you uh, play totals, sometimes it's not even about the precipitation. It's about the wind. It can really impact the passing game. And, of course, it can impact the kickers and the kicking game. So that probably has yeah. something to do with it. But when you see a nine-and-a-half-point spread and the Buffalo Bills – I know everybody's high on the Bills. And, of course, they are riding a lot of momentum coming into the postseason now that they're AFC East champs. But you look at some of these games, they've barely squeaked by some of the worst teams in the NFL. Beat the Chargers mm -hmm. with an interim coach by a mere two points. It should be noted that game was on the road, though. Beat the Patriots at home by six. So nine and a half for the Steelers. It feels a little too high. Um, maybe I'm not playing it because I still don't trust the Steelers offense, but still it's either Steelers plus nine and a half or nothing or 10. I'll take the 10 now that it's at 10. Yeah. Ooh. Listen to this. I was reading about this high wind warning. Now this is just for today, but if it goes into the weekend, we see something similar. This is what you're talking about because a four point drop in a total is precipitous. That's really, that's a huge drop. A high wind today, Buffalo. <laughs> Southeast winds from 30 to 40 miles per hour with gusts up to 60 miles per hour expected. Again, I don't know if that's going to leak into the weekend, but if you're talking about potentially a high wind warning on Sunday afternoon in Buffalo, that's why we're seeing this total drop. So if you're on the bills, then you're looking at what? 14-3 game, Buffalo wins. Steelers can't get in the end zone. Mason Rudolph trying to sling it around. No way. I think I would actually lay it with the Bills here, believe it or not. I, I don't trust the Steelers to move the ball at all. <sighs> I don't either. And I have fallen into this trap before. Of, oh, well, Mike Tomlin will find a way to get it done. I remember playing the Steelers, I think, at this exact number. I think they were getting 10 against the Chiefs two years ago on the road at Arrowhead, yeah. and they got absolutely smoked. It was the same deal. You think their defense could keep them in it. Um, I don't know. I think I'd still be on the Steelers, but I wouldn't feel great about it. Well, coming up next, Chelsea, you cashed your Bills division title ticket over the weekend. Now it's time to pick a winner of the Super Bowl. We're going to look at the latest odds of BetMGM and see what we like. It is a daily tip from Becky Up, presented by BetMGM, and that is when we come back. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Let's get back to The Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. The Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. She's Chelsea. I'm Jinx. Coming up, the latest NFL futures from BetMGM as the playoffs get set to begin on Saturday. We get Saturday and Sunday football once again. So, Chelsea, you tell me if this is fair or foul here. John Ryan was a punter for the Seattle Seahawks and won a Super Bowl with those guys. So he commented on Twitter. There was a picture of some of the Seahawks defenders after their game against Arizona, and Seattle did not make the playoffs. 
and a bunch of Seattle players were smoking cigars in the locker room. They got the win, 21-20 over the cards, end of the year. And this guy reposts John Ryan a picture of these guys smoking cigars, and he says, quote, the Seahawk way is a bit different these days, I guess. I could say a lot of things right now because I'm shaking with anger, but I'll just say I'm really disappointed. So I guess he's angry that these guys aren't making the postseason, and here they are celebrating in the locker room after the game and smoking cigars. Does the former Super Bowl-winning punter of the Seattle Seahawks, John Ryan, have a legitimate beef here, angry at what he believes is the deterioration of the Seahawk way? I think he has a point here, but this is not the way to go about it. If you have (laughs) a problem with somebody, you don't need to go through social media. This is like the people who air out their dirty laundry on Facebook. I don't need to hear about the custody battle that's brewing between you and, you know, your ex-husband. I don't need to hear about it. This is not for public consumption. If you want to pull those guys aside in the locker room and say, hey, what are we doing here? If you want to celebrate losing, that's not a culture that we want on this team. Like, that's one thing. That's how you handle it. You do not publicly throw your teammates under the bus. So I feel like he's right here, but he did it the wrong way. Yeah, I get it. I understand the frustration, right? Because this is a guy who, again, was part of a Super Bowl winning team. And look, this guy played in the CFL as well. I'm looking at his resume. Oh, man, this guy's seen it all. I don't think it's that big of a deal. But I understand the frustration. I I do think it's fascinating the mindset that different players have. Because some players are like, look, season's over. We got to win. You know, we didn't make the playoffs. Who cares? Smoke a cigar. All right. We'll get after it next year. And then some guys are so hardcore, and I've met NFL players like this. If you're not winning the Super Bowl, there's no reason to celebrate. In fact, you should be pissed off about it. Maybe that's more of an old school mentality. I will say this, though. It doesn't help that this is a punter saying this. You know, nothing against kickers and punters. But if a punter come comes out and says... I can't believe you defensive guys are smoking cigars. The defense is going to be like, dude, I don't even know who you are. When we practiced during training camp, during the regular season, you were on a different field with the field goal kickers. You never worked out with us. You didn't put the work that we put in. So I think that's a big part of it too. I think he could actually take the other side. You know, if there's anybody who could be celebrating a season, regardless of the team's outcome, it could be the special teams guy. Because think about the punter and like the kicker. You could look okay. at your season-long stats and say, okay, well, I've had a great season. Can I not celebrate and going, you know, 17 for 18 on field goals? But I think that it shows his view of the team. And I think people love to put the kickers and the punters and, the, you know, guys yeah. who aren't actually on the team. But I think this shows the amount of pride that he has in playing a team sport. So I kind of respect it and I appreciate appreciate yeah. it because like it's like the defense, what are they celebrating? Like it would be one thing if they had some historic season and it wasn't their yeah. far, fault. Far, uh, it wasn't their fault for, you know, losing, but 
feels like the defense is very much just as much at fault as the offense this year. Like, what would be the one case in which you could celebrate a losing season? I don't know. Well, I will say, I need to throw this in. This is an important caveat, is that one of the defensive backs had just become a father, too. So it's like, oh, it's well, then that's the cigars, right? Yeah, it's got to be like you're passing around. Isn't that the tradition you're throwing? Or I I should have gotten that in at the beginning. Isn't that part of it? Like you pass out cigars because you just became a father. Okay, yes. It's kind of an older school tradition, but yeah. So I think, and he knew, and here's the thing. The puncher knew this too. So it's not like this came to him after the fact. He knew this as well and still was like, no reason to celebrate, guys. Fatherhood, I don't care. I don't care. Then he sounds like All I care about is. Oh. <laughs> Get out of here, Ponner. We're just celebrating on, the birth of a member of our family, and you're not invited in this club. Does it seem like any of that's involved? Like, he's not invited to this club. Maybe they didn't give him a cigar, and he was bitter about it. Oh. He's not even on the team. No, he doesn't play anymore. He's not there, so he wouldn't have gotten a cigar. Oh. Yeah, yeah he's a former player. Well, then what's he? God, this is even worse. Every single he's like new 42. detail that I'm... Every single new detail I'm getting, I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy's in the wrong. Oh, yeah, this guy's definitely in the wrong. Like, what is he doing? This sounds like No, he like just saw a, a picture on Twitter. Yeah. Oh, and he got... I got the details of the story. I thought he was in the locker room, and he no, took a picture no, no, of no. his teammates. I was like, what? Like, why would you no. do this? No, he just saw a picture on Twitter and retweeted it and was like, I'm shaking oh. with anger right now. Yeah, he's not even in the locker room. Oh, well, then I don't care about his opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Someone did call him out. The current state of the team, right? Like, I thought it was the current punter, and I was like, well, that's no, 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 no. The the current punter went to Texas, I believe. I forget his name. He's a really good punter. Those are our lean years, trust me. When our best player was the punter, we're like, well, at least this guy's going to pin him deep, we hope. But no, there's a former player, former punter for Seattle. So. No Seattle on the NFL Futures, Chelsea. They are out of the playoffs. So when you look at the current NFL Futures, you got the Niners plus 225, the Ravens plus 325, the Bills plus 650, Cowboys plus 750, Chiefs 9 to 1, Eagles 13 to 1, Dolphins 16 to 1, Lions 20 to 1. I will spare you going down the entire list. But if you're making a bet today on an NFL future, what are you doing? Let's start with some value plays because usually in the futures market, you're looking for not just the favorites, but for teams that stand an outside chance of actually winning the Super Bowl. So I think if you look further down the list, the two teams mm-hmm. that kind of strike my fancy would be the Browns at 33 to 1 and the Rams at what, 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. I think we've gone Mm -hmm. down this road before. I think you take the Rams to win the NFC. I'm sure that number and those odds are very long as well. But as long as they make it to the NFC championship, there is a chance to hedge this bet. You look at the Rams. They have players who have been there and done that. They have a solid quarterback in Matt Stafford. They've got a really head coach in Sean McVay. They've got a favorable matchup against the Detroit Lions in the first round, a Detroit Lions secondary that's been really generous to opposing quarterbacks. I think it's a great matchup for the Rams here. And then you look at the Browns who have really come on strong with a veteran quarterback as well. Joe Flacco has been there, done that before. You add that on to a team that's already had an elite defense. 
Remember the de- defensive numbers that the Browns were putting up at the start of the season? They were putting up historic numbers. So I think yeah. defense always travels. And then you have a quarterback who's not going to be rattled in Joe Flacco. Those are the two long shot teams that I would take a look at. Gosh, I hate it when we're on the same wavelength. Actually, I love it. It's just that now I have to try to not repeat something that you said. But I'm with you. I really like the Rams at 50 to 1. How can you not put a sprinkle on them? Why not? Nothing to lose. Super Bowl winning head coach, a team that I think has a legitimate chance to beat the Lions outright this weekend in Detroit. I think we both like the Rams and the points. But as weak as that Lions secondary is, why not? Why not? Also, yeah, there they are. The Eagles at 13 to 1. Can you make a case for Philly at all? It's great value for a team that made the Super Bowl last year. But honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eagles lost to the Bucks this weekend. You talk about teams forging an identity. This time of year, those are the best teams, right? They know exactly who they are. And the Eagles have no idea who they are. They're just a bunch of guys who have a pedigree based on what they did last year, a ton of talent, and they're completely lost coming off losses to the Cardinals and then the Giants last week. Do you think there's any chance that the Eagles pull it together in time for the postseason? I don't think so. Uh, At some point, you have to believe what the season has been telling us all season long. I think the other thing is you look at the bracket, which hopefully Mm -hmm. I'm reading this correctly. If Philly wins against Tampa Bay, guess who they get to face? They get to face the Niners, who not only have looked like the best team in football all season long, but also have some revenge on their minds from last season where they mm-hmm. disgracefully lost to the Eagles when they didn't have a starting quarterback to throw a single pass. Christian McCaffrey was out there throwing passes. So it doesn't feel like a great matchup when it comes to the bracket. I think that's the other way you kind of dissect the playoffs is you look at yeah. the bracket and you look at the matchups and say, okay, certain teams are kind of bad matchups for each other. So I think that's the other way you go about it. Of course, when we talk about Cleveland being a long shot play, they are such long shots because not only are they one of, you know, the last teams in, they also have to face Baltimore if they get past Houston. But isn't everybody rooting for that matchup to see Joe Flacco going against his former team in Baltimore? And I feel like if anybody can go toe-to-toe with one of the best defenses in the NFL. It is one of the best defenses in the NFL, in the Cleveland Browns. I am really hoping that we get to see the Browns and the Ravens squaring off. Oh, I would love to see that. Man, the NFL, they always find a way, however you want to look at it, to make these storylines come alive and happen come the postseason. We've got a ton of them. That will be something to watch. Coming up next... We will look at the Sunday afternoon slate and the Monday night game for NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. And if the Eagles can finally put things together, it is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.